What if instead of they saved Hitler's brain, they saved Bruce Lee's blood? It's clones of Bruce Lee! I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? All right, welcome to 1000 Bruce Lee's of Bruce Lee. I'm your host, Bruce Lee, and with me as always is our co-host, Bruce Lee. And we're talking about clones of Bruce Lee. Oh, man. (laughs) So this is, for those who aren't in the know, Bruce Lee was, I can't imagine people don't know who Bruce Lee is. Well, I couldn't imagine that people wouldn't know who Muhammad Ali was, but we... We still explain that. So Bruce Lee was a martial arts star from the 70s. He was a guy who he, in, he invented his own style of kung fu. Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune Do. Uh, as practiced by Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop. Yes. And uh, he, he's, as, as obviously from that, you can see he's had a huge pop culture impact. Mm-hmm. He's even more famous because he was there for so little of a time. He's yes. like the James Dean of kung fu. He was only in, like, was it five movies? Yeah. Yeah, five, five. If we're counting Game of Death. If we're counting Game of Death, which was an unfinished film that he started to make and then passed away. He was uh, an incredible fighter. Yes, very Ap- fast. Very in- lightning very, he's fast. He a quick man. Yeah, and he, he changed the way that martial arts movies were made, at least for some subset of, of China, Chinese cinema. Uh, a lot of kung fu movies, both before and after him, are very dance-like. Yes. His fighting style was much more quick, much more fast and dirty, much less showing off, and much more I-can-take-out-a-person-with-one-punch kind of a deal. Yeah. And uh, he he's also famous for starting the career of Chuck Norris, in where in his, one of his best films... Uh, Way of the Dragon. Probably he, my favorite. Uh, definitely my favorite. He kills the fuck out of Chuck Norris. Rips some chest hair out of him. Rips some, rips some chest hair out of him. In front of some matte paintings. <laughs> he lures him into a Sears and they fight to the death. <laughs> yes, he, he, he lures him into a Roman Sears and they fight to the death while a kitten watches and, and laughs maniacally. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Bruce Lee has uh, always been a personal hero of mine. I grew up with... Uh, a dad who was obsessed with martial arts movies and stuff, and I I went to Taekwondo class as a kid, and Bruce Lee was always my idol. He was always like the the top tier of what I was trying to achieve as a kid. Like someday I'm going to be like this guy, and now I'm just a nerd who sits on the couch all day. These things happen. It does. Do. Uh, we can't all be astronauts. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But yeah, so. Uh, as I mentioned in our last episode, after we record these episodes, we take a minute to watch something fun just to relax and, mm-hmm. and, and enjoy each other's company. Hang out, work through our backlog of movies. Right. And uh, the last couple of episodes, we've been watching Bruce Lee movies. Yep. We worked our way through his entire filmography because there were a lot of films that neither of us had seen. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, I decided that a good way to celebrate the life of this tremendous martial artist and filmmaker was to watch a bunch of assholes shamefully, (laughs) shamelessly piss on his corpse in a movie called Clones of Bruce Lee. Mm. Bruce Lee's movies, because they were foreign in the 70s, were 
advertised in America as exploitation films. And in his only uh, American starring role, Enter the Dragon, uh, the film was combined with elements of black exploitation and just regular old exploitation. Yep. Uh, as represented by Jim Kelly and John Saxon, yes, respectively. Absolutely. To. And even a little bit of rape revenge movie, a little bit, a little with, bit with his sister, uh, to to market it to audiences, and and most of the people who made kung fu popular at the time were actually black audiences, which in the seventies was a a niche market. Mm-hmm. Hell, today it's a niche market. So after Bruce Lee passed away, the people who were expo- who were uh, distributing his films weren't going to stop there, so they developed a whole new category of exploitation called Bruce Sploitation, in which they would get Chinese which is all Bruce Springsteen movies. <laughs> Ironically, yes. No. They would get a bunch of actors from China, Korea, anywhere that they wanted. They would have them change their name to some variation of Bruce Lee. Bruce Le with one E instead of two. Dragon Lee. Bruce Tai. Bruce Tai. Bruce Lai. Uh, it got absurd, and they would just have them be in these movies, and a lot of times... Well, again, that's how Springsteen started. That's how Springsteen <laughs> yeah, started. Yeah, he was, he, was, uh, <laughs> he was Carl Springsteen. Right. And he's like, I need to capitalize on this. I'm going to be on Bruce the, Springsteen. On the death of Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Born in the USA, definitely, yeah. uh, definitely a Bruce Lee knockoff song. Absolutely. Bruce Lee's music career isn't talked about. <laughs> Born in the USA, be like water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and much like Bruce Springsteen, yeah. Bruce Lee's first album was just Dylan ripoffs, too. It was just Dylan ripoffs. Yeah. And in this movie, they decided... The clones of Bruce Lee. They decide let's bring all of the all of the various Bruce Lee clones together. It's the Expenda Bruces. It's the Expenda Bruces exactly. It's the Expendables of Bruce Lee exploitation. And so, in this movie, literally, the plot is after Bruce Lee dies, the British government don't know why it was specifically the British government. Uh, makes a bunch of Bruce Lee clones and decides to send them on spy missions uh, to take out all the bad guys. And then a bunch of fight scenes happens. Mostly fight scenes happen. Mostly fight scenes happen. This was the easiest movie to take notes on. Yeah. Because half the time the notes were, and another fucking fight scene takes place. Brad, would you recommend Clones of Bruce Lee to anybody? Yes. It's a complicated yes. It definitely sounded like that. It sounded um, like a a, a a yes with a heavy asterisk attached to it. First, there seems to be something about late 70s martial arts movies that just puts me right to fucking sleep. <laughs> because They do tend to be a little bit slow paced. Because I fell asleep, I was nodding off during 36 Chamber of Shaolin. Sure, same, same with me. I was nodding off during... In, like, the back half of this. Yeah. Not helped by the fact that, again, this movie is 95% fighting. Oh, yeah. And, and nonstop action movies are my favorite type of action movies. Mm-hmm. John Wick, The Raid, yeah. uh, The Night Comes for Us. Mm-hmm. Movies where it's just mostly action. Yeah. But they're much more dynamic. Here, every yeah. fight is the fucking same. Yeah, no, seriously. And the fighting isn't bad. 
Like, there's some good fights in there. There's some okay fights. Um, But I just stopped fucking paying attention after a while. No, you, you can't. You can't. You can't maintain interest. Because it's just block, 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 punch, punch, punch. Yeah. They don't do a lot interesting. The best parts of this movie are, bizarrely enough, when they're not fighting. Seriously. Because everything around the fighting is fucking insane. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. No. Um... So it's worth watching because, like I said, there's some good fights. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But maybe... See, when we watched Game of Death, we started yeah. watching the... The, the f- officially released The theatrical version, version. Yeah. Which uses only 11 minutes of the original... 39 minutes, I 39-ish think. 39-ish minutes yeah. that Bruce Lee shot. Sure. Um, and then we turned that off and watched like a 40-minute restoration. Yeah. Of just the Bruce Lee footage with dubbing and poor sound effects. Yeah. Uh, it's like a scratch copy or whatever. Yeah. But that was perfect. That was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. I think 40 minutes is the perfect <laughs> amount of time for a 70s martial arts movie. Right. But even in that sequence, even in that 40 minutes, you had levels. You had, Oh, it was all different. It was all different. But Every I'm martial saying, artist that they fought, you had the big... What was the name of the big guy? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, is the big boss at the end yeah. there. And he is... Uh, fantastic to watch. Oh, yeah. The the Masters use different styles. The, yeah. There was the nunchuck fight. But I'm saying, even if you're not... I, I got tired about 40 minutes in. That's when I started yeah. checking the time repeatedly. Like, how much do I have left to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so around 40 minutes, feel free to, like, make some macaroni and cheese. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, have it on the background, just listen to, like, oh, yep, they're still fighting. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> just have something to keep your mind invested. Yeah. In, do a Sudoku or something. Play on your fucking phone. Play just, on your fucking phone. This is a perfectly acceptable movie to play, to look in your phone. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Billy? Would you recommend... I Would think, you recommend Clones of Bruce Lee? I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's there's there was a, a review that I read... From uh, some website, I forget the name of it, so I can't properly cite them. Breitbart. Sure, <laughs> it was Breitbart.com, my favorite website. <laughs> Their uh, daily coverage of Bruce Floytation. <laughs> that's the, what it started out as. That's what it started out as. And then there was I, like channel drift. They've definitely lost their way yeah. over time. But when when it was pure, man, yeah, the, when it was pure, the quote was something like, "This is the the Plan Nine from Outer Space of Hong Kong cinema." Yeah. And there are definitely some parts where I can say absolutely. Yeah. The the dot it never have I sat there in front of my TV and said, "Man, I wish this fight scene could get done with so I can get back to the dialogue." Yeah. What's karaoke scientist doing? <laughs> what's what's karaoke scientist doing? What's What's going on with with Nancy the nurse? <laughs> it's my favorite female character since Julia. Oh my god. <laughs> This is, uh, uh, what's, how many magnetators does the doctor have? Like, there's just, oh man, I, I, yeah, you just, you hit the nail on the head. I absolutely recommend this movie if you have a good fast forward button handy. Yeah. Or again, just do something else. Do something and- else. Uh, we we watched what was the name of that really we before the Bruce Lee movies we were marathoning the Lone Wolf and Cub Lone Wolf and Cub movies and the second one of those Baby Cart at the River Sticks Baby Cart at the River Sticks is fucking madness oh it's it's incredible it is wall to wall action there is like 
I can remember one scene where they're in the tub, and that's like some a, a good couple minutes of silence, yeah. very stylized silence. But the rest of the movie, you hardly get a breath. Yeah. And we loved it. We ate that shit. Oh, like up. I said, we're, we're huge fans of John Wick. Absolutely, um, I'm a huge fan of The Raid, uh, yeah. which you need to rewatch. I need to. I, last time I watched it was in college. I don't remember it. And even well. The Raid gets exhausting towards the end because it's so like this is. A, I'm willing to believe it. It's it's much like maybe Carter the River Sticks, where there's yeah. like one moment where it's like, okay, we're going to talk, we're going to get out some story. <laughs> yeah, this is the exposition dump. You yeah. have that a little bit in the beginning, yeah. And but the rest of it's wall to wall action. It's yeah, and we fucking ate it up. Yeah, and it's, it's, and it's if you structure a nonstop action movie well, mm-hmm. it can be great. Oh yeah, and Bruce Lee, for all of his faults as a as a as a he was a good director and he was a good writer. Not the best actor in the world. No, but he had a lot of charisma. He had a lot of charisma. He had a lot of natural uh, screen presence, and he knew. His films are not wall-to-wall action, and I no. think it's because he knew that his style was such that if you watch too much of him doing that, you would get bored. Well, so a lot of the times in his movies, there are very specific moments where you get to see him really kick ass, and the rest of it is all story. Well, it's also a thing where it's it, it's a matter of fight choreography, too, because like, yeah. Bruce Lee... I don't recall noticing i'm sure he did the fight choreography for his own work he did a lot of it there were definitely some other times when they had other fight choreographers especially earlier on like in the big boss that was his first movie and in enter the dragon because he was not directing that but whenever he was directing he was doing the fight choreography so the thing is like if you're coming up with high quality fights yeah you can only do so much especially in the 70s where it's like something like John Wick is just fucking inconceivable. Yeah, no, John Wick is is like a fucking just, metal just ass movie. Wasn't done at the time. Like that's yeah. not what movies were. You couldn't have that much blood and action. Sure, but it's also like you get a good fight choreographer in there. You want quality over quantity, and that's probably what they're going to. There are only so many ways to do a fight. Yeah, especially with, there's a fucking million yeah. of them, mm-hmm. but with budget constraints, with time constraints. Yeah. You can only do so much. And even story constraints to a certain extent. This is a movie where anybody with any kind of vision outside of let's get all the Bruce Lee impersonators together. <laughs> let's get three of the Bruce Lee impersonators together. Four. Four. Four, yeah. Fine. There are four. There are three Bruce Lee clones, but four Bruce Lee impersonators, which we will get to. Which is fucking stupid. Oh, you think? <laughs> Obviously, every word you just said is infinitely dumb (laughs) but why not use the fucking actor playing the dead character to be one of the fucking clones who are supposed to look exactly like him oh in that case five clones five five bruce lee impersonators you're forgetting chuck does is chuck count or is he just another asian man chuck in the movie is well we're getting into spoilers but chuck is a is just another Asian man in the movie, but he is played by another Bruce Lee impersonator and made to look like Bruce Lee in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that got very confusing. Yes, it I did. mean the entire movie is confusing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so why don't you start walking us through? Let's start walking through. So the Bruce Lee impersonators. Oh, I should mention this movie is called Clones of Bruce Lee. Most places, but in Korea, it was released as Death Penalty on Three Robots. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. That's fucking amazing, <laughs> isn't it? That's the best fucking title I've ever heard. <laughs> it has even less to do with the plot of this movie than the actual title does. If we mm-hmm. ever get, if this ever becomes a thing, sure, we need to save money. Okay, learn how to make a movie. <laughs> sure. And then make a movie called Death Penalty, Death on, three Penalty on Three Robots. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the title and work backwards. <laughs> like Val Luton. Yeah. So this movie stars Bruce Lai, whose real name was Yi Tao Chang, Bruce Le, whose real name was Huang Jian Long, and Dragon Lee, whose real name was Moon Kyung Suk. And also Bruce Tai, who I could not find a real name listed for. I just watched uh, Nick Sphere's video on Rob Zombie. Okay. Which was fantastic. So I have Rob Zombie a little bit on the mind. Sure. And even though I knew it was Dragon Lee, for a second I thought you were going to say Dragula Lee. (laughs) Kicks all the drug guys and kicks all the gold guys and kicks all the bronze guys. He's Dragon Lee. I like to imagine (laughs) that all these actors live together during the filming of this. (laughs) I sincerely doubt it. In bunk beds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have a feeling And I like to imagine that all the characters also live together <laughs> I'm sure that all the characters probably live together I have a feeling that on this set uh, That there were some ego issues Because we rarely see any of the clones of Bruce Lee together We see two and three together a lot yes. But one is almost never with any of the rest of them I Yeah, I noticed that. I have um, a feeling that there were some ego issues on set. I assumed it was scheduling issues. That could be. Because here's the thing mm-hmm. that we did not mention. Yeah. There are a thousand Bruceploitation movies. Oh, there are so many. They were so easy to make. And they they were churning them out for a couple decades. Absolutely. And even when Ong Bak, the Tony Jaa movie, came out, it was marketed in some com- countries with the title dragon or the next dragon referring still capitalizing on the idea of bruce lee as the, oh my god as the king as the dragon jesus christ so it's a it's not still bruce lee clones but there's still people who are going like there's still people this capitalizing guy's on the this next thing. bruce lee well even to this day they're still they're like they made a sequel to one of his movies fist of fury legend of the fist uh with johnny yen not mm-hmm. too long ago and there are hundreds of Bruce Lee biopics yeah. that have been made, one of which only came out in the last couple of years. You know who should tell the story of Bruce Lee? Uh, you know nobody can, else? You know who can sing that man's song? Bruce Springsteen? This, well, no. <laughs> Not a literal... Bruce Lee, yeah. Is that the only fucking song you know by Springsteen? Uh, I, I, It's the only one that's coming to mind right now. Is that the I, only song you've heard by him? <laughs> it's the only song I've heard. Oh, great. <laughs> Well, that's why you don't like it, because you hate music. And I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm I'm not a music fan. I don't like music, because I don't like Born in the USA. (laughs) Apparently, it's the only song, because I haven't heard another one. It's the first one that I ever heard, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. Whenever I go to the mall, I wear earplugs, because I don't want to risk hearing something that I would hate more than Born in the USA. This was part of your religious upbringing. Your (laughs) monomaniacal father... Would only listen to Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> on a loop. On just, just a constant loop. Just at full volume, rattling the house 
day and night. <laughs> my poor mother was like, can we, can we teach him about the classics? And my father was like, no, just born in the USA forever. Born in the USA and Bruce Lee movies, never anything else. Whenever you guys would watch TV or a movie, it would just be playing over top. Like the television would be muted and Bruce Springsteen would be at full volume. And your father I just watched Bruce Lee on mute with Born in the USA playing forever. And your father making the sound effects. <laughs> just my dad in the corner going, yeah. Woo! <laughs> and just improvising the dialogue. <laughs> he didn't even know the dialogue. He just improvised. And it. all the dialogue was about how great Born in the USA was. <laughs> The whole time I grew up, I thought, Enter the Dragon, the reason why he killed the bad guy was because he dared, dared to step to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Could we listen to Born to Run? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> oh, Born to Run, I have heard that one. I, That's a I, great song. I you do like enjoy it. I don't like his delivery of it, but I like the writing. In the days we sweated out on the streets of a runaway American dream. You don't like that? The writing is good, I just don't. I think he can't sing. At I think night his... we were raised in the mansions of glory and suicide machines. Yeah, I think his delivery is terrible. But yeah, okay, so the movie starts ab- abruptly. Yeah. Just immediately. Unfortunately, not with a boat getting shoved into a woman's face like three Deva Yeah. Uh, or with a monkey being held hostage. Like, <laughs> like tracks. tracks. Uh, just because we have so many movies that start abruptly it's uh it just starts abruptly with an ambulance just barreling through the streets speaking of tracks i fucked up on our bubba hotep episode did you uh don coscarelli did not his production group did not do tracks oh dino de laurentis oh i get those two confused why (laughs) because they're d names partly (laughs) italian names it's one of them was involved with David Lynch, and one of them was, was decidedly not. In the version that we watched and I sent you, mm-hmm. it is the highest quality version I could find out there. It it uh, it's it's a slightly different edit than most versions, but it is definitely the most high quality version. And for some reason, uh, whoever edited it decided to abruptly cut off the score. Right oh, yeah. as the ambulance arrives at the hospital. There are multiple points in the version you sent me where yes. there's just no sound. And this is apparently not a product of the original film. Because after watching the film, there's some scenes later on that I knew existed in the film going into it that weren't there. Uh, and I So I looked up another version, but it was too late to help you with that. So it's for some reason it's just this edit of the film that we saw. Okay. Where audio just cuts out completely. Uh, I, I don't think it's, it's illegal that we watched on YouTube because I'm pretty sure this film is in the public domain. I don't think anybody wants to claim it. I don't think anyone's making money off of it. Definitely not. So if, if you're looking at the, the first result that you will find when you search for this movie on YouTube is the Wu-Tang Clan collection, collection, the Wu-Tang Clan collection, uh, upload. And that is the version that we watch. It's the highest quality version, but for some reason they just decided we didn't need to hear the score uh, or any dialogue in the film for a couple of scenes. Maybe they were trying to avoid uh, getting flagged for copyright on YouTube? That's what I thought, but when I, again, I I watched uh, the other version of the film, skipping to these scenes, there was no music during these scenes anyway. It was just dialogue. Oh. Yeah. 
Like the music. Were they saying racist things? No, they were just saying, is, is it that is that Bruce Lee who arrived at the hospital? It's Bruce Lee who arrived at the hospital. And then the sound cuts back in with someone saying, was that Bruce Lee? I heard we had Bruce Lee. Yes, it is Bruce Lee. So it's just more of the same. I have no idea. Apparently, one other sequence, there's also a sequence with nunchucks. I think this might be the UK edit because the UK is terrified of nunchucks. Yes. Yeah. Well, Hitler was developing some super chucks. <laughs> That really could have devastated downtown London. Again, the UK. Imprint is okay. Nunchucks, terrifying. Well, here's the thing. Yes. Is once Henry VIII split with the Roman Catholic Church (laughs) to found the Church of England. Okay. No nuns. I don't care if you're chucking them unless you're chucking them over the fucking channel to France. You can't can't chuck Sister Mary Aloysius that far. (laughs) No nunchucks at all. <laughs> so, uh, old old prejudices die hard in England. Yeah. We soon figure, figure out that the ambulance was carrying the dead body of Bruce Lee mm-hmm. in a recreation of his actual death, which is probably the worst way to start your movie. Uh, this is so, this is in such bad taste. Uh, it was only three years after he died. But there are other Bruce Bloitation movies, including Bruce Lee Fights Back from the Grave, which literally starts out with Bruce Lee punching his way out of his grave, uh, the bride from Kill Bill style. Uh, followed, That's what they ripped it off from. <laughs> probably. Followed, followed by a movie that has nothing to do with Bruce Lee fighting back from the grave. It's just the opening, and then the rest of the movie is completely different. It's just like a Noah Baumbach movie? <laughs> sure. Whatever. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just... It, it just it's super squicky to, to have them recreating that. And also, apparently, the doctors at Bruce Lee's bedside in real life, if they were anything like these doctors... The worst doctors. Yeah. Just the worst. Just about um, a second away from sort of grabbing the dead hand and like putting a pen in it. <laughs> yeah. And making it sign an autograph. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. They're, not only are they talking about like, oh man, it's the movie star Bruce Lee. It's, it's like in Bye Bye, Bye Birdie Lee. where it's like, oh, everyone, we need to tell everyone Conrad Birdie's in town. Just like it's... <laughs> Like he's here, yeah, just, seriously. It just balloons out. No, it, not only that, but like when they they get in and there's like a full minute passes before someone's like, "Has anyone checked his pulse?" <laughs> and they check, is like, "Oh, he doesn't have one." Like you didn't strap him up to a machine immediately. I don't know what 1970s medicine was like. No, to figure out if someone was dead, you had to hook him up to the deadifier, which is which is not to be confused with the machine that makes somebody dead, right? But rather, it's a portmanteau of dead identifier. Oh, I see. The Deadifier. Maybe they should have workshopped the name longer. <laughs> they probably should have. I'm not a medical technology specialist. Right, yeah. But, yeah, it's true. A lot of people didn't get hooked up to the Deadifier because a lot of doctors didn't trust it. Yeah. Thinking that it would deadify people. <laughs> Which it would, but not in the way they thought. It, it, it go, almost goes without saying, but not a single actor who is supposed to be Bruce Lee in this movie, including the Bruce Lee on the deathbed, Looks at all like Bruce Lee. No. Like at all. No. Uh, it, which which becomes a problem because after they declare him dead, they start showing footage of the real Bruce Lee, <laughs> which is the only time that we see the real Bruce Lee in the movie. And they, if you cut it out, you would change nothing about the movie. There's there's a very awkward close-up of a what looks like a cutout picture of yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. No, seriously. 
it's at <laughs> so so here's here's a good question. Again, we watched part of the theatrical cut of Game of Death. Mm -hmm. And in that theatrical cut, because they were using extra footage of another Bruce Lee impersonator, who is not one of the impersonators in this movie, pretending to be Bruce Lee, whenever they would have scenes that had to be brightly lit, mm. they would either use stock footage from other Bruce Lee movies, or in one scene, just a fucking cardboard cutout of his face... Hanging on the actor's face. Jesus. Jesus. Here's the question. Would this movie be better or worse if they did that with all the Bruce Lee clones? You know 100% that it would be much better. <laughs> Just constantly. You know that that would take this movie to a level of surreality. <laughs> and they have to fight with it on, too. Right, yeah, they have and to keep the cardboard faces on. Which would obviously reduce the quality of the fights right but would make it a lot more entertaining in that back nine <laughs> right and they're given how quickly this movie was obviously done and how bad yeah. the fight scenes are anyway you would you would probably get multiple takes of the cardboard flap just like yeah. flapping up and down on their face or falling off yeah 100 percent, that would be a better movie and now i now i want to go back in time and make that film or maybe that is the plot of the uh, death of the, the three robots or whatever the fuck. Uh, the death penalty for three robots. Yeah, that's that's the plot of death penalty for three robots. Just you and me and several other people who look nothing like Bruce Lee with yeah. Bruce Lee face masks on I, running around punching people. I have several ideas how, uh, for better <laughs> movies that I will get into later. Sure. The first is my idea where all the Bruce Lees live together. And it's sort of like, they live, they laugh, they love. It's, right. It's... And at the end of the movie, they all get shot by firing squads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, there's some martial arts, but mostly it's just like... Yeah. It's just like a feel-good hangout comedy. <laughs> For those who don't or aren't in the know, by the way, a lot of Bruce Lee films either end with him being arrested or shot. The early ones do. The early ones do. That's a running gag between the two of us now, is Bruce Lee getting shot. Uh, but yeah, so a member of a British Secret Service, or I guess it's like SPI or something like that, or B uh, BMI. SBI. Or, uh, some, some an acronym. Yeah, I think it's SBI. Sure. Acronym, not an, an acronym. But British Secret Service Technically, guy. it's an initialism. So the British Secret Service guy, who we find out almost at the end of the movie's name is Mr. Colin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could not follow anything that was going on in this I movie. I don't blame you. They don't... They. This is another movie like... Uh, like uh, His Secret Life, colon, uh, Cyber, Cyber Seduction, where they tell you nothing about the characters until way after you ask the question. Yeah. But yeah, so this secret agent guy, whose name is Mr. Colin, which just gave me Pride and Prejudice flashbacks, calls up a mad scientist that he knows... <laughs> You know, just how you know mad just, scientists. He, just, he knew... It seemed like he knew the day would come when Bruce Lee would die. <laughs> Which, man, you know, fair. Everyone true, dies. Yeah, but this yeah. man is a vulture. Yeah. No, he is. Yeah, but yeah, he, he calls is. up karaoke scientist. Karaoke scientist. Why would we call him karaoke scientist? Because he always carries a microphone is in front of a <laughs> rectangular machine for most of the movie. And he's got disco lights going on in his laboratory 24 fucking 7. Yeah. <laughs> and, by the way... This is this is one of the first cameos by an actor who worked with Bruce Lee previously as the mad scientist is played by the same actor who played the villain in Way of the Dragon. That's right. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so he calls up karaoke scientists. And uh, karaoke scientists 
has apparently also been waiting for this call <laughs> because he's like, sure, I'll come out. You don't need to say anything. Well, I'm there. Well, what he, well, he does ask at first, what's it about? And, and the guy says, it's top secret. I can't tell you anything. But I can tell you that it involves Bruce Lee. <laughs> and the guy's like, the film star? I'm there. He's allowed to be a fan. But why Why would Why would Colin say that? Why? I can't tell you anything about this top secret, very important operation. But I can tell you that you're a clone scientist and it involves Bruce Lee. So there's only about one thing it could be about. <laughs> I don't know why else I would be calling you. <laughs> It's not like you... That's a very limited field of science. <laughs> Another great thing that I just realized is... <laughs> karaoke scientist also sort of looks like John Hammond from Jurassic Park. Oh my god, he does. And he is also involved with cloning. Oh my god, this is a prequel. Because yeah. <laughs> as we know now in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom... The cloning technology also works yeah. on humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it all it all works out. But uh, karaoke scientist comes to the hospital. Yes, by the way, some blood. Karaoke scientist never named in the movie, but and there are no credits at the end of the movie. But on IMDb, someone found out his name is Professor Lucas. Okay, but we're gonna call him karaoke, karaoke scientist. scientist. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up, and these doctors some say love. <laughs> It is a razor that cuts your soul to bleed. Fantastic. Beautiful. Anyway. Uh, they... I imagine karaoke scientist does a lot of Bette Midler. A lot, a lot of, of uh... Bette Midler. <laughs> Hello, sailors. My name's Professor Lucas. What's yours? Bruce Lee's dead. Uh -huh. Start spreading the news. <laughs> and if, so... They arrive. They arrive at the hospital. The science. The doctor, still batting a thousand, do not know how long he's been dead. Yeah, they have to guess. They're like, "How long has he been dead?" Well, no, twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, maybe. We we watch an episode of Power Rangers, <laughs> so probably that long. Uh, and uh, the scientist draws his blood, which I don't know how long after you're dead is the blood just not usable anymore. I meant to look that up, and I forgot. <sighs> I'm glad you asked me. Yeah. Because this is something I clearly know a lot about. I know, because you're... Cause you, I'm a blood scientist. You're a blood scientist. I'm Dexter. That's the, Which, okay. granted, I don't believe Dexter was a blood scientist, no matter as a blood spatter expert. But yeah, so uh, Bruce Lee's been dead for 20 minutes, so they draw the blood. And then again, we this is where we see the footage of Bruce Lee alive. And like, yeah, like a cutout picture of him where... I'm not sure if that's like him asleep or actu an actual picture of him on his deathbed. I had no idea. I wouldn't put it past this movie. And they go over the details of his of his real life death about how he he died. Was it from an aneurysm? Something like that. Something like that. Stroke. Something like that. Yeah. Basically, he possibly was... caused by prescription medicine. Yeah. Uh, what I was always might have been heart failure. What I was always told is he just is something resulting from the fact that he just did not have an ounce of fat on his body, which he absolutely did not. If you see no. him shirtless, he was a monster. But like I don't I don't actually know why he died. That doesn't sound medically accurate. Sure. But I then again, my doctor's license got revoked. <laughs> from doing Dexter things. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. From um from going off and being a lumberjack somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you can't be a lumberjack and a doctor, man. So, 
so we then cut to back to the doctor's karaoke lab. <laughs> 95 and 95 percent of the time he's on screen he's holding this little microphone <laughs> whether he's using it or not he's just holding it we, there will be a bruce lee clone 10 feet away from him <laughs> and he'll be talking into the mic <laughs> you got to know when to hold him know when to fold him so at this point, it gets a little bit less certain whose idea this was supposed to be, because the next thing we hear is uh, Agent Collins, or Agent Collin, saying, uh, are you sure you can do it? Make three clones of Bruce Lee? And the doctor says, of course, I can do it. I'm karaoke scientist. <laughs> and gets to work making, making, uh, making clones of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Now, here's my first problem with this movie. Your first, uh, you haven't. My first your major, first my first yeah. major problem. Okay, okay. Three is not enough. <laughs> okay, there needs to be at least like six clones of Bruce Lee. Right. Now here's my first idea for a better movie. Okay. <laughs> your first idea for a better movie was the Bruce Lees living together. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, my yeah. second. <laughs> my second. Right. It was so good, I forgot it was even an idea. Right. And I thought it was just a film that existed. Right, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. why wouldn't it? Second one, most of the characters are clones of Bruce Lee. <laughs> the Doctor just makes like 50 of them. Right, yeah. And it becomes like, <clears throat> it's almost like The Departed with so many twists. <laughs> and like double agents. And it's just Bruce Lee fighting Bruce Lee. <laughs> And even to an even greater extent, you cannot tell anybody apart. You have no clue who the fuck anybody is, aside from the fact that they're a clone of Bruce Lee. So, so here's a question: uh, Do you do in this movie because there are fifty of them? Do they get individual names, or like in this movie, are they just named Bruce Lee's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? Yeah, they're just given numbers. They're just given numbers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and they they make the clones of Bruce Lee almost immediately. There's just a there's just like several scenes of like ran the doctor pulling a random knob yeah and like that's obviously just on some stereo equipment that they hooked up to make it look because he's karaoke scientist yeah it's on their big fake uh, not real machine on yeah their big not real machine and uh, they're they're just they're just twisting the knob and he's going <laughs> while the Bruce while each of the Bruce Lees who are named Bruce Lee one, one Bruce, Bruce Lee two and Bruce, Bruce Lee three, three. which Bruce Lee 3 should have obviously just been called Bruce 3. <laughs> obviously. Which they do a couple times in the movie, but that's not like his given name. He should have no, just obviously just... been Bruce 3. And Bruce Lee 2 should have been Toosley. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Bruce Lee I 1 think... should have just been Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. Bruce Lee, Toosley, and Bruce 3. And then Chuck Lee, as we'll find out later. But anyway, so they... He makes these, the clones. These clones are fucking conceived, fully formed. Fully formed. And yes. apparently having all the regular capacities of a functioning adult. Yeah. All the regular capacities. They have opinions on things. Yeah. Uh, not how cloning works at all. No, not even remotely. And of course, cloning does not work how it works in fiction under the best of circumstances. Yes. But this is this is absurd. Yes. Fully yeah. formed. Uh Okay, third idea for a better movie. <laughs> they have to raise three baby Bruce Lees? No. 
I mean, sure. sure. That would have been great. Yeah. Where it's like boyhood. Just boyhood. <laughs> but uh, also this pseudo documentary about three children being groomed to be Bruce Lee impersonators. Right, yeah. But no, the Bruce Lee clones come out as adults, but they have the minds of babies. And they're just they're just shitting themselves <laughs> and they can't speak. And they oh. have to be taught language, and they can't—they can't like feed themselves. Oh my god! And it's just like Agent Colin is just going like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be fired." <laughs> and they have to like try to like do what they can in like three weeks, and they send them out on missions, and just like <laughs> these man babies just bumbling around, like <laughs> just doing this weak elbowed karate. Is Not it? karate. Sorry, Bruce Lee. Yeah, no. He would be so offended. Kong food. Kong food. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so, so the doctor then decides that he needs to make sure that the, the clones will be under his control. Yep. So he gets out his favorite colander with a bunch of fucking uh, pipe cleaners on it mm-hmm. and, like, and like wires tied to it at making what... I affectionately refer to as a low-budget Ant-Man helmet. Yeah. And he just puts it on each of their heads in turn and tells them to obey him. You've got me under your skin. <laughs> and this is where the microphone comes in. The microphone is to is ostensibly within the movie's plot to control their to control their minds. Yeah, but he could just talk to them because again, they're ten <laughs> feet away in a dentist chair. <laughs> And he has two nurses that we learn way later in the movie are named Nancy and Kathy. Yes. They're they're going along with this, even though we learn later, apparently they're not into this at all. I can't imagine. I can't yeah. imagine that they enjoy their jobs much. <laughs> but yeah, and, and also... Ladies, I've been working on my Zeppelin. <laughs> Let's do Stairway to Heaven a couple times. <laughs> oh, no Stairway. Denied. Oh, uh, Wayne's World reference. Yeah, topical. But it, topical. Uh, and we should. And I should point out, you get to see all three of them get brainwashed. It's not like he does it to one, and you can infer that he does it to the rest, like no. in any other movie. No, no, each one of them has to be sat down and given the same spiel <laughs> over and over and over again. Before, uh, once again, we just abruptly. I want to push you around, so I will, so I will. <laughs> uh, we just abruptly cut away. The scientist says, okay, now we need to train them. Because apparently, even though the clones are fully formed... They know how to speak, they know how to feed themselves, they... They don't know the one thing you would want a Bruce Lee clone for. Yeah. The martial arts shit. What's the point of cloning Bruce Lee? You can get anybody and train them. This is an unrelated question. Okay. Do you think they had this technology when Kennedy was shot? That's where that's where uh, Ozzie Davis comes from. In oh. He was a failed experiment to clone JFK, and they perfected the process later. This is all in the same universe as Jurassic Park. And all in the same it. universe as Get Out, because Ozzie Davis... At the time, it was the get-out procedure, but they realized they could use it for cloning later. Right, right, of course, yeah, yeah. And also, apparently, in the same universe as the Universal Mummy movies, I need to make a chart. <laughs> well, is can you work this into your grand chart? My grand chart? That, that you we keep have... like a fucking crazy person? <laughs> 
that no, if that's, you, that's a separate chart. Okay. That's a separate that that includes the Steven Somers mummy movies. For those who don't know, I since high school I have been keeping a list of all the movies I think are in the same continuity with each other. Uh, and right now it is extremely expansive. People are very disturbed. Yeah, if you ever become a serial killer, they're bringing that up on the news. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he was inspired to kill people because no one would believe him when he said that Twin Peaks was in the same universe as She-Wolf of London. William Martell seemed <laughs> obsessed with fantastical worlds and was as certain that they were all part of some grand cosmology. Mm-hmm. Did this... Did this expansive unreality seep into his consciousness? Probably. Is that why he turned people inside out? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would definitely kill people based on the killers in my universe. Okay. So I would blow up Matthew Lillard's head, uh, and I would, uh, like, kill people with a machete at Camp Crystal Lake, you know, Mm. stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, Twin Peaks, also in the same universe as Friday the 13th and Vampirella. But yes, anyway. Oh, also Godzilla. But anyway. Uh, so, he says you need to train them. Cut immediately to obviously stolen Rocky music. <laughs> this part is uh, one of my favorite parts. One, because oh, yeah. of the stolen Rocky music. Yeah. And two, because my first thought was, is that fucking Bolo? It is. It is Bolo. It is Bolo. And he's the best part of this movie. Oh, he's... Out of all the actors in this movie, he is the only one giving 110% to his performance. And Bolo, also in a fuck ton, like in 10% of the Bruceploitation movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is in so many movies. Bolo Hyung, for those who don't know, or Bolo Young, maybe. I don't know exactly how you say it. Uh, He is... We should just give a carte blanche apology for all of the mispronunciations that are going to happen in this movie. But uh, in this already he's happened. credited as Yangtze, okay, which is a river in China. Oh, fun! Uh, but he was a Chinese, I believe, uh, bodybuilder, yes. uh, and he was in Enter the Dragon. That's where he got his big break. Yeah, uh, as the 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 big beefy dude, the big beefy dude, and he has been in oh, like a ton of Bruce Bloitation movies. He's probably most popular in modern day for being the villain in Bloodsport. Blood and uh, if you look him up, he all of his muscle was all natural. He did not yeah. use any steroids. And you can tell because he still looks fantastic today. Uh, he's still around, and I fucking love him whenever he's in a movie. He's even something great. as shitty as this. Yeah, like I said, he's the best part. His The fight sequences during this part are probably the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we see the Bruce, the Bruce Lee clones are separated for the first time in the movie and for most of the rest of the film. Bruce Lee 1 is being trained by a weird mustache man, and Bruce Lee's 2 and 3, lucky bitches, get to be trained by Bolo. (laughs) (laughs) See, you cause problems on set, or you have scheduling conflicts, you don't get to meet Bolo Young. Yeah. Well, uh... No, that's... They do fight later. Bruce Lee 1 gets to kill Bolo later. Spoilers. But, uh... Well, I guess no lessons were learned by anybody. No lessons were learned by anybody. (laughs) All right, so they're, they're, the Bruce Lees are being trained. The fight choreography is is okay. None of them are as good as Bruce Lee. No. But, I mean, you can't really expect that. I was still enjoying it at this point. Like, it's it's this training montage is pretty good. It's not even a montage. It's 
Bolo fights one, and then he fights the other, and then they both fight him, and it's pretty good. Right, and uh, you see them... Uh, the the mustache man is is putting them through their paces. He says there are different kinds of kung fu. He goes through the different animal types mm-hmm. of kung fu, which I hear a lot about in movies. I am not. I again, I I grew up. I I studied taekwondo as a child. I do not know enough about kung fu as an art form to know if the animal forms are real. I have no clue. I'm also kind of curious about that. Yeah, I know that. Um, but I do know that they are plot points. In the movie uh, Drunken Master. Okay. The, the the original one back when Jackie Chan was really young and mm-hmm. he made that movie. And uh, there are a couple of bits in this movie where I feel like one of the people involved in this film saw that movie. If it was out at the time, I don't know. And kind of ripped it off because there are a couple of moments here where which feel a lot like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, none of the Bruce Lee clones have any sort of independent character. They really don't. Every once in a while, like I said that they'll express an opinion. Number one at one point says, I don't trust that scientist. But that's <laughs> that's that's like the most personality any of them get. Aside from uh, th- Bruce Lee 3 loves to sightsee. And that's okay. that's it. Bruce Lee 3 loves to sightsee. Bruce Lee 1 doesn't trust a scientist. And that's all we get. But Bruce 2, at least during this training montage, has sort of this deer-in-the-headlights kind of innocence to his look, like behind his eyes. And I automatically... <laughs> I just automatically assumed like, oh, that's the simple one. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. He's yeah, the runt of the litter. If they just included the actor who later plays Chuck as one of the clones, they yeah. could have had the four turtles. They could have had like a, a serious type, a goofy type, an angry type, or as a simple type, mm-hmm. or, or like a, a, a brainiac type. You, you you could have you could have like had some sort of dynamics yeah. there, but they didn't give a shit about any of that. And the more Bruce clones you have, the more dynamics you could get. Right, which is why you your fifty have, clone idea yeah. is the perfect movie. You could have the one that uh, always is dealing with great ennui. <laughs> he's he's Bruce Wee. Yeah, uh, and he also eats uh, the French yogurt from YoPlay. We a lot that's <laughs> right. It's a 50-50 nickname. He cries into his yogurt yeah. as he's eating it. Uh, there's the Bruce Lee who gets stung by bees all the time. <laughs> Bruce B. Yeah. <laughs> there's the uh, Bruce Lee who is an old sailor. <laughs> what would his name be? Bruce C. Bruce C. Oh, damn it. And another note, Bolo is awesome, and he's kicking the shit out of these guys. Yes. I would... Okay, uh, the next way this movie could have been better. Bolo kills the Bruce Lee clones. (laughs) It's like, oops, I trained them too hard. And then they just send Bolo out on missions. (laughs) Honestly, I would prefer that movie. Uh, More Bolo is always good. Yeah. Um... So now we're, again, all the cuts in this movie are abrupt as hell. Yes. We just cut from scene to scene with no no preparation, no no foreplay. Uh, the scene abruptly cuts. Bruce Lee, number one, is apparently done with his training. This is Dragon Lee. Uh, and he is sent off to take out the evil producer, the evil movie producer, Mr. Chai Lo. Yes. Well, there's a great moment in a scene before he gets sent out. Agent Collins and the and the scientists are talking about Chilo. Yes. And 
when Collins tells karaoke scientist about Chilo, Chilo yeah. turns to his assistant. I don't know if it's one of the nurses, but he goes, I know him. Bragging <laughs> about how informed he is. <laughs> I Trying to impress this woman who works for him. I know, I know I cloned fully grown adults, but I know Chilo. I don't, not personally, but I've heard of him. Oh my god. Oh, oh no, I'm flexing again. <laughs> my therapist told me not to do that anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, they start talking about what an asshole Chilo is and why they want yeah. him taken down. Essentially, he's pretending to be a movie producer, which, how can you pretend to be a movie producer? It seems like they're actually producing they're, a movie. They're actually producing movies, so, like, either he's a movie producer or he's not. He's just got a side hustle. But he's while he's a movie producer, he's also smuggling gold. Yes, which is another point where the movie completely lost me. I was like... <laughs> Uh, later on, they're talking about gold, digging up the gold, burying the gold. I'm yeah, like, no, apparently what? smuggling gold is about having gold, burying it somewhere, and then digging it back up. Yeah. And apparently a crime happens somewhere in there. It's I the don't... pirate system. It's... <laughs> he literally turns to his assistant at one point uh, and is like, you do this, and meanwhile, I'll be digging the gold out of the ground. Burying it there was a clever move. <laughs> well, I... I didn't catch that, but I like that Chi Lo is over is doing the digging himself. Oh, well, well, he has, he has three servants who dig for True. him while he yells at them. But still. But anyway, so, yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I, I do like that Mr. Colin, he's a fair secret agent. He doesn't just say that Chilo is, is an evil mastermind or, or a pretending to be a movie producer. He also makes it a point to tell the scientist, not even telling Bruce Lee one, just telling the sci- karaoke scientist, but he's also very religious. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I have a song for him. Ave Maria. And this is... Our way of, of match cutting to Chai Lo in a Buddhist temple, uh, doing whatever uh, things Buddhists do in Buddhist temples. Do not know anything about Buddhism, except that you're not supposed to want things. No. Uh, I so I know about the the Buddhist philosophy, not so much the religious aspect. Yeah, you're a master of Buddhist philosophy. A uh, master, absolute master. So <laughs> he goes out and the and his his. Uh, this cross-eyed weirdo who's like his the assistant of both him and his director. His Torgo. His Torgo, yes. Uh, <laughs> lets him know that it'll be dark soon. Uh, but he also, he says, you gotta come and see the new boy. Yeah. And then they get to the movie studio and the director's like, you wanna see the new boy? The new boy is fantastic. He's terrific. And it turns out Bruce Lee won as their new boy. Which I guess is what they call... Actors, stuntmen. Well, it's just like, uh, hey, we got a new boy on set. He's, yeah, he's really punching them up. <laughs> he's really punching it up. And uh, their movies consist of putting Bruce Lee one on stage 
in front of a really shit backdrop of a sky. I want to point out that yeah. at no point in the conversations between Chilo and the director that does anybody go like, wow, he's just like Bruce Lee. Seriously. So he's supposed to look, he's supposed to be a Bruce Lee clone. In universe, we know he doesn't look like Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. But in universe, he's supposed to be exactly like Bruce Lee. And nobody says nothing. Nobody's like, hey, why is Bruce Lee alive and on our film set? <laughs> Because we see posters... We even Why see is po- he shitting his pants and gibbering? <laughs> Why are there three of him? Why is there 50 of this guy? But we, we see later in... There's a meeting in the director's office. The director's name is Chang. Uh, director Chang, in his office, he has a bunch of posters of other movies they've made. They make kung fu movies. Yeah. They know who Bruce Lee is. But they apparently just... They have face blindness when it comes to Bruce Lee 1. Uh... And the fights on the movie set are pretty good. I enjoyed they're, them. They're pretty good. I actually think that uh, if I were to rank the Bruce's, Dragon Lee is definitely oh yeah at the top. Definitely. The fight scenes in his segment of the film are definitely the best. I actually liked it better than a lot of fight scenes in actual Bruce Lee movies. Really? Yes. That seems sacrilegious. I, I, I don't know what it was. It just yeah. it was. They were nicely done. Uh, it was fast. It was decently fast. Sure. The editing was nicely done. Sure. Uh, let, let's. I want to talk to you about the fight editing real quick. Okay. Now, there's two ways to get around not so great martial arts stunt acting. Sure. You can either cut a lot. Yes. You can like someone throws a punch and you cut to someone getting punched. Right. Or the more difficult and more, in some ways. The less elegant way is to hard cut in the middle of a scene. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, we're going to give the vague illusion of one fluid motion, but there's going to be a clear cut yeah. where there's another take happening. Right. This mostly utilizes the second form. You Definitely. see a lot of hard cuts mid-fight. A lot Which of hard do cuts. you prefer? Uh, I prefer... Personally, I prefer... Man, it's it's difficult because both of them kind of suck. They both kind of suck. Yeah. And it also depends on to the degree which it happens. Right. Like That's Iron, very true. Like Iron Fist is a fucking terrible show. Okay. With in regard to a lot of things, but especially fight choreography and fight editing. Which is where too it's bad because like, it's a martial arts show. Absolutely. Yeah. But like every movement is followed by a cut. Oh, that sucks. I think I prefer the hard cuts during the middle because while it is glaring mm-hmm. at least it's still it's it's not there are ways to make it look better yes there's so uh, Jackie Chan has this method in his films where he will let he will cut a little bit after a punch has already gone beyond where mm-hmm. the punch is in the next cut so that you, as an audience member, don't even notice the cut. To your mind, it's all one fluid motion. Yeah. So if you are able to cut around that shit uh, in a creative way, you can make it look good. Yeah. Obviously, this film, they didn't give as much of a shit about the quality of yeah. the fighting. So there's a couple of things. And there are a couple of bits where... where um, Sound effects happen at the wrong times. There were, there were, there's, there's, there are times when uh, one of the Bruce Lees will get someone in a hold or throw them, and you hear the sound effect of a punch instead. Yeah, which is hilarious. 
again, in the Dragonly segments, it happens less. Mm-hmm. Maybe they edited this film in sequence and they were less bored of the movie Maybe. during the Dragonly sequences. But even in the Dragonly sequences, there <laughs> are moments David where... They David Fincher in his meticulous <laughs> eye. They're, even during the Dragonly sequences, there are moments where he'll throw a punch and someone two miles away will fall down. Or uh, some he'll, he'll be fighting an extra who clearly has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. And is just throwing fucking Chuck, Chuck Liddell haymakers. A, a successful martial arts or even an action movie is not just about the quality of the action... It's about the choreography. It's about the editing. Like it's, it's about the creativity of the exactly. location, which is my the thing that pisses me off the most about Dragon Lee's segment is again slight spoilers, mm. but it ends on a ship. Yeah. Now, a martial arts fight on a ship should be fantastic. There is so much you can do there. There's yeah. so many. There's so much rigging and shit that you can like swing on and shit, and they do nothing different no. from any other. Which is. Actually, a good plot synopsis for the entire film. Oh, yeah. Nothing different. Nope. When you've seen one fight scene, unless it's the one with Bolo Hyung, yeah. uh, you have seen every fight scene in this movie. Yeah, like I said, it, it exhausted me very fast. Oh, yeah. Director and the producer have a little aside, and the director said, well, we still need to do a background check on him before it's official, but we really think we got something special on this guy. Chai Lo says, wait a second, you haven't done a background check on him? Then he could be an agent. <laughs> And if he is or is not an agent, it doesn't matter. I want him dead now. <laughs> Flawless logic. That's how you get to the top. <laughs> is by making decisions in the moment and just going with your gut. This is a scene that uh, Zack Snyder saw and ripped off for his uh, Ben Affleck Batman moment. In uh, Batman vs. Superman, where it's like, if there's even 1% chance that he could be a bad guy, we need to treat it as an absolute certainty. It made just as much sense there as it does here. So, to uh, get Dragon Lee, Chilo sends his two right-hand men. White Panther and Quick Tiger, Mm -hmm. who are apparently Karate Mark Hamill (laughs) and random balding uh, Sailor Thug Man. Yeah, uh... (laughs) Dragon Lee is attacked by a white man with red hair <laughs> in a full karate gi. Yes. And his buddy who just seems to be from Jersey. And I feel Speaking of speaking of Mark Hamill though, now because we also related this to Mark Hamill, I'm imagining Bruce Lee versus Martin. <laughs> I'm not a vampire. Oh. I don't care what you are. What you are is dead. <laughs> And then I will save your soul, and then I will kill you. <laughs> so obviously, Dragon Lee uh, makes quick works of the quick work of these chumps. Yes, there's a great bit where the the, the, the guy from Jersey—I don't know which one of them is which name—I have no uh, clue. The guy from Jersey just yells at him, "We'll we'll get you. Well, you'll pay for that, you dirty kill." <laughs> and there's also I I do love that. Um, the guy in the the gi, the karate gi, yeah. is fighting like a like a white belt. Like every every punch he has to throw, he has to be in the correct stance for the punch. And it, it doesn't matter where Dragon Lee is, he has to punch right up at his head like you would treat like a like a trainee would do. Look, dude, this poser showed up to a street fight. <laughs> 
in a karate gi. Right, yeah. So, but I, I like that because you could see, you could definitely see it as like a nod to how much Bruce Lee fucking hated karate and how he took every opportunity in his movies to make fun of karate and, and the people who practiced it. But I, I, I enjoy oh, that. Oh, kid, you're studying karate? I hope you get cancer. <laughs> Uh, Why don't you study something worthwhile like being a wiener? <laughs> uh, so yeah, again, uh, he he beats up both of these guys, and the mm. fight scene just fucking cuts off. And it's in the middle of the day, and it immediately cuts to Bruce Lee one sneaking around at night, uh, <laughs> sneaking around like a little uh, sneak boy, like a little sneak boy, overhearing the director and uh, Chilo. Yeah. Talking about talking about the fact they've they've heard that their two assassins didn't work, so they're like, "Let's." I have a better idea. I think it's the director who comes up with it. He says, "I have a better idea. We will have a gun accidentally go off on set and kill him." Yes, which is ironically exactly <laughs> how Brandon Lee died, <laughs> Bruce Lee's son, <laughs> which is fucking. Horrifying. <laughs> this scene is so awkward. This scene is like... <laughs> oh my god. This scene to... Like at the beginning when it was like... Oh. When you were talking about how they were recreating Bruce Lee's death. Yeah. That didn't really offend me. This was the closest thing that got to offending me because... It was... Obviously, they didn't know that would happen to Brandon Lee. No, this was years, 20 years before ago. that. That happened on the later. set of the movie The Crow. Yeah. yeah. But it is meta-referencing, like, oh, once he's dead, then we can capitalize on that. We can capitalize on his death for years, which is a very meta yes. uh, reference to what they're doing. And also so makes it seem like the producers of the movie are confessing to the murder of Bruce Lee. <laughs> My mind didn't jump there, but... Oh, here's well, I another... have a point, right? Yes, no, it's... <laughs> I, I don't think this is, uh... They're in the air tonight, but... Um, and yes, I know it's an urban legend that that's about a man drowning. Uh, but, um... Here's something that I was unclear of throughout the entire film. Okay. Was Bruce Lee, the original, yeah. Bruce Lee Zero... Right, Bruce Lee Zero. Was he already an active agent? Is that the implication of the movie? And that's why they were like... That's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking, like, maybe maybe he wasn't an active, active agent, but he was, like, being courted yeah. by the agency. And uh, then when he died, they're like, well, shit. And then the they, they call up the scientist. The scientist, again, remember, he didn't know what was going on when they called him. And the scientist is like, uh, we need you to bring Bruce Lee back to life in any way that you can. And he's yeah. like, well, I can clone him. And if... And the good thing with clones is you get more for your buck. I can give you three of them. And they're like, good, because we had way too many missions. <laughs> for one Bruce Lee. See, I like to assume that he was an active agent and that acting was his cover. That's oh, how he okay. got to travel around to... Like how Chuck Barry, Barris can claim that he was a CIA assassin. <laughs> and that he used dating game locales as a cover to travel and carry out CIA assassination. Is that a real thing he claimed? Yes. Holy shit. He wrote an entire fucking book about how he was a CIA assassin. What a crazy person. They, uh, it was adapted into a movie with George Clooney and Sam Rockwell. Oh. Yeah. Fun. Which is pretty good. <laughs> it sounds good. I would love to watch that. Uh, begins with very disturbing sexual assault, 
but fun. The rest of it is it's a fun movie. Okay, okay. Uh, does, yeah, is, is, uh, does Sam Rockwell play a racist? <laughs> Sam Rockwell plays Chuck Barris. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Confessions is what of a the Dangerous book Mind and uh, movie are called. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so they decide to kill him with a with a bullet in front of the camera mm-hmm. and capitalize on his death for years afterwards. This is going he's gonna be like Bruce Lee, except he his first movie is gonna be his game of death. Yeah. Uh, Which by the way, this plan is obviously stupid because the man hasn't even made one movie yet. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Lee at least had some fame. Yeah. And Brandon Lee had the legacy of his father. Yeah. So like there was there's a lot yeah, yeah. Anton Yelchin got to make some movies before he he was tragically yeah. killed. Uh, but anyway, uh, Clones of Anton Yelchin, by the way, is a spec script I've been working on. Okay. Yeah. It's not going well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I don't know where I made this note. Okay. But clearly this took a quick turn on me because <laughs> because I made the note. I'm really enjoying these fight scenes. I'm right. also enjoying how frequent they are. Because I was. Oh, no. Up until about the 40-minute point. Yeah. Well, the 40-minute point is the end of the Dragon Lee segment, I believe. Yes. I believe. Uh, well, yeah, so it turns out that, like we said, they aren't so much smuggling gold as they have buried gold somewhere, and they're going to dig mm. it up now. Uh, and uh, one listens in on their plans... They make mention that there are a couple of other martial artists that might be trying to kill Bruce Lee one, but they don't want him killed before the next day. But they, I guess, they have these other martial artists. This is very flimsy setup for the fact that as Bruce Lee one casually walks away from his sneaking, he snuck in, but now he's just casually walking away. Yeah. Two random martial arts fuckers pop out of nowhere, attack him, and he beats them up with his jacket yeah which was pretty fun actually which i like to believe is the inspiration behind the uh chris o'donnell as robin kung fu laundry scene (laughs) from batman forever yeah the kung fu laundry scene the kung fu laundry scene the best 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 batman scene i can't think of anything better (laughs) uh okay so Another another bit of uh, praise I can give Dragon Lee is that out of all of them, he has his Bruce Lee impression down the best. I feel. yes, he's got that sort of same cocky energy that Bruce Lee had. I just feel like the the problem with him, as is the problem with with a lot of people. With any of the impersonators in this movie, they don't stand up to scrutiny. No. As soon as he's on screen for way too long, by the end of the movie, he had started to annoy me. Like, all of his little cocky things. Bruce Lee didn't do them all the time. No. He did them in fight scenes. Well, it gets fucking egregious at the end. Oh, my God. It gets so bad. It gets so bad at the end. But, yeah, at this point in the film, I was still enjoying it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, At this point, again, we cut... From the middle of night to the middle of the day, in the middle of a field of flowers, where Bruce Lee One is walking with Nancy, who finally gets named, and love music is playing. So again, my favorite love story since Julia and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Basically, she just tells him everything he already knows, yeah. and he's like, I know that. And she's like, okay, well, be careful, I guess. And then she's gone for another, <laughs> until the very end of the movie. 
Is this where Bruce one says that he doesn't trust the professor? That's where he says it. He says, okay. I don't trust that guy. Here's the thing. Yeah. Bruce one is a clone. Yes. Grown in a facility. Yes. Bruce one knows like six people. Right. Really, he should have imprinted immediately on karaoke scientists. Yeah. Bruce one should have been walking around. All the Bruce's should have been walking around <clears throat> with microphones and lab coats because that's what they know from mother. Right, right, yeah. He's he's the mother, and and Bruce Lee's the father. I I am ninety five percent certain that karaoke scientists mm-hmm. breastfed these clones. <laughs> In order to increase the bond, stand by your man. <laughs> milk, milk, lemonade. <laughs> It's not a song, it's just a Randy Limerick. (laughs) And I do want to point out, as bad as the acting is in this movie, and it's pretty bad, the dubbing actors are way worse than the physical actors. Like, for every... Like, Dragon Lee actually has a few moments where he kind of looks like you you, you buy Mm -hmm. his performance, and then you just have, I don't trust that guy. Like, it's... it's, Oh my god. The dubbing is really what kills this movie. I mean, more than... No, the movie kills this movie. The movie yeah. shoots itself in the foot. The movie accidentally shoots itself on set. Anyway, uh, the next... That's a dark joke for you. <laughs> yeah, it slipped out. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the next day they're filming. They're they're in like a field somewhere. Oh, I also made the note, this is where I finally started to think, wait, how did they socialize these adult clones who literally know nothing? <laughs> Are they perfect kung fu idiots? <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think I think they're just perfect himbos. Just like the young Peterson was meant to be the perfect swimming idiot in Cyber Seduction. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to some scenes that were left out of the version that you watched uh, later on. This podcast is covertly about <laughs> the mystical alchemical process yeah. of creating the perfect idiot and, for every scenario. And... And... Uh, having them sleep with Miss America and create the Messiah. Yes. Right, yeah. This is... <laughs> I forgot assume... about that, didn't you? I did forget about that, right? <laughs> I also forgot that I assumed that... Uh... That Miss America was the ultimate woman. <laughs> no, no. I forgot that Miss America pregnancies work like cat pregnancies. <laughs> where there can be multiple fathers in the same litter... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so she's giving birth to, like, six or seven different super babies yes. with uh, different specialities. Right, of course. All fucking stupid. All, all of them incredibly stupid. They yeah. come out of the womb, the doctor's like, that's a dumb baby. The, do- <laughs> they come out of the, womb. the doctor holds it up to the light and goes, this is the perfect idiot. <laughs> and they put... And then that's when they put the the Ant Man helmet on and yeah. then sing karaoke into its brain. And karaoke it... scientist is in the corner going, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're having our baby <laughs> right now." I can't tell you how angry I am that that version of that song does not really exist. It... Because as <laughs> for anyone who is not seven hundred years old. That is a reference to the pilot episode of WKRP yeah. in Cincinnati. <laughs> One of the best shows ever. Where Dr. Johnny Fever, during the station's current format, is playing a song made popular by um, Paul Anka called You're Having Our Baby. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's done by like uh, some Mormon tabernacle choir. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, right but yeah. now. Right, you're having our baby right now. <laughs> what a lovely, lovely way to show you love us. And that episode was the first time I ever heard that song. That was the first time I ever heard that song. So I... I I always think of that first yeah. rather than the actual version. But no, it's not real, and I was so fucking crushed. That sucks. Yes. Especially for someone like... Brad does not just look for weird movies. He looks for weird music. Yes. Listening to music in, in the car with him is an experience. The biggest heartbreak of this show <laughs> is because... We cannot afford any music licensing. Oh, that's right. Is that I cannot do a weird Christmas music episode. Oh, uh, yeah, cause because, like, what would we do? Describe them? Like, that's... Yeah, yeah. no, it would never work. Yeah, again. it would never so, work. If this show if, ever takes off, I'll create a Spotify playlist. One day when we get big, <laughs> we'll have a big building with a name on it. <laughs> There's a... Uh, but let me finish up this real quick. Sorry. Um... <laughs> But yeah, uh, weird Christmas music is, or non-traditional Christmas music is a passion of mine. Yeah. And actually something I was going to bring up when we were talking about Bing Crosby earlier, okay. I might have played it for you, I probably told you about it, but there is a version of Jingle Bells, uh, the only version I own or have because it's a fucking terrible song. It's an awful song. Every fucking version is terrible. Oh yeah. But there's a version with Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters Oh. where somebody fucks up. Okay. And while singing, without missing a beat, Bing Crosby goes, Holy Jesus Christ. And this is the 1940s, so that's... <laughs> you might as well be dropping a hard C. And one of the Andrews sisters, also still in tune, goes, Eep? Oh my God, I need to hear that. I'll I'll, I'll try to dig it up for you. Uh, it's... Holy but, um, Jesus Christ. Holy Jesus Christ. Eep. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, um, oh my God. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, try while they're, while they're here's, doing the filming. Sorry. Here's also where, uh, again, I don't know where exactly this note came, but I wrote, I barely know what's going on. <laughs> I don't blame you. So they're, they're filming a scene. There seems to be like, it's, 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 uh, Bruce Lee one and some actor playing a friend of his and they're fighting off a group of bad guys in the scene. Meanwhile, while they're doing that, we cut over to Chai Lo who is ordering three people to dig up his gold. And these three people have never seen a shovel, much less ever used one in their life, because instead of digging with the shovels, they keep hitting the pile of dirt with it like it's a pickaxe, which is load, just bizarre. You load 16 tons, what do you get? <laughs> Another day older and deeper in debt. Thank you, science cloning. Science rules. Actually, that's that happens later. Chai Lo is 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 digging himself out of the shit with mm. the golden shovels, uh, and we cut to the movie set again. Where it turns out, I guess at some point, someone decided to change the plan and not tell the audience because instead of guns, suddenly they just pass out these gigantic. Uh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Type of knives to the 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 cast and crew. And they all bum rush Bruce Lee one, and yet another fight scene ensues. Fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, he fight. He wins. Fight. He wins. Oh, what a shock! So this is where I made this note. Here's why Bruce Lee movies work for me. Uh, Bruce Lee famously got into acting both because of an ego, and because he uh, he wanted to 
advertise his fighting style. He developed this fighting style, and he wanted to 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 popularize it. Hey, you ever seen a punch like this? <laughs> what about like this? And nobody ever had at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so as well, a result, that's a crackerjack punch, kid. Let me get that on the front page of the post. <laughs> as a result of both of these factors, he did not allow anyone to beat him. Yes. In a, in any in any fight he was in, he always wins, and that can get boring. It can. It can. But that's... He's he's essentially, in his movies, he's Superman. At the very least, characters need to take damage. Right. And he does. Which is the best part of the action on the Daredevil show. It's yes. just how much Charlie Cox sells getting the shit beat oh out Oh, my God. Oh, the fight scenes in Daredevil. We could go on for an hour yeah. with them. But uh, what makes Bruce Lee movies work, as opposed to most other kung fu movies, he does take some damage sometimes. Like in Enter the Dragon, he gets slashed... Uh, in that's probably the most famous injury yeah. he sustains. Uh, the fight with Chuck Norris, they're pretty evenly matched for yeah. most of the fight. But in general, they write him the same way that good writers write Superman. You can't possibly defeat him. Yeah. Every once in a while, a character can have kryptonite. But you can't have every fighter be Chuck Norris, and you can't have every no. villain have kryptonite. So instead, they make the conflicts internal. Mm. In all of his movies, he always has some sort of internal conflict about honor. I can't fight because my mother told me not to, or my dojo tells me not to. Uh, what if I kill people? I can't toil on the Sabbath. <laughs> I can't toil on the Sabbath. In The Big Boss, he's tempted by the evil, the evil, and he, he almost betrays his friends. Uh, in this movie... All of the Bruce Lees have the same Superman quality, mm. but they have no character at all, at all. Yeah, and so there's no there there are no stakes to any fight scene. No. There's no when you're watching Bruce Lee fight in Fist of Fury when you're watching Bruce Lee take down the the Karate Dojo in that famous sequence. Uh, on the one hand, it's awesome because it's a great fight scene. And you get to see him standing up for his race. They've been racist mm -hmm. towards the Chinese people, so he's he's standing up for them. And but at the same time, at the back of your head, they're like, "Oh, he's going to be in so much trouble when he gets back to the dojo because he they they this is a serious breach of the honor of his do of his of his dojo is a karate term yeah. of his school. This is a this is a this is a of his punch house of his punch house. Uh, he's he's betraying his dead master and all these people by doing this." So there, there are serious consequences to what he does. and But at the same time, all these people are so horrible. Mm -hmm. In this movie, we don't know who any of these thugs are. We don't know who... Nope. We don't know anything about Chai Lo. We don't know anything about Bruce Lee 1, 2, or 3. There's nothing. There are many avenues to take to make a successful action movie or martial yes. arts movie or what have you. Either you need the uh, the internal conflicts, mm -hmm. or the spectacle of the fighting needs to be great enough, right? Or the the style needs to be flashy enough. Sure, you need to do something. You need to have one strength, <laughs> just one, anything, yeah. anything at all. Your strength cannot be the most Bruce Lee's of any movie. <laughs> Which even that is technically false because I can't say this enough. None of them are Bruce Lee. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that uh, that it was something I suddenly realized is that I I had as one thing we had said when we were watching Bruce Lee because we just come off of Lone Wolf and Cub, which is so mm. fucking bug nuts insane. Yes. And Bruce Lee is much less. It's it, his movies are much more sedate. Yes. 
So that was a bit of a, a curve, I think, for us. For me, more than yeah. you, I think. Definitely because um, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, and I, I, I knew, but when it comes to action, right. I crave violence. Right. Yeah. I crave blood. I crave... You're I, not as much of a fan of the, the protagonists who are like, oh, I shouldn't kill. You're yeah. like the protagonists who are like, I'm going to kill everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like Ogami and Lone right. Wolf and Cut. That's why I like those... Not why I like the characters, but why the movies are entertaining for me. They're is supremely entertaining. Is well because actual violence is abhorrent. Of course. The style and cinematography and creation of film violence mm. is a combination of so many art forms that I think fucking love it and also it's gnarly as shit oh yeah no it's 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 absolutely an art, artistic form but bruce lee and chinese martial arts movies are so much more about elegance yes uh whereas i like just sort of more grindhousey uh just we're gonna chop them up yeah the blood's gonna spray 30 feet across the room <laughs> which maybe we should talk about some of those movies on this podcast sure maybe um, I, I i don't are they weird enough do you think i don't think so but if we ever get to the point where we've been doing this show long enough where we're starting <laughs> we just to don't care struggle <laughs> yeah a case can be made for those movies i uh, yeah I, I would definitely talk about the second one. Oh, absolutely. Because, again, that movie is so strange. It's so fucking good. <laughs> if you ever dive into Lone Wolf and Cub, but don't feel about don't feel like watching all five, two, four, and the first one, high points of the series. Absolutely. Uh, I remember just, like, jumping out of my chair on four. Yeah. Goddamn. Um, and even the first one, for uh, how restrained it is compared to the rest, like, it has a lot of exposition. It has a lot of exposition to get out. But, but there's still some great oh my kills God. in that. When, during the final duel, when he blinds him with the thing and he oh, yeah. chops off his head. Oh, my God. God, I fucking love those movies. Yeah, this, so the only thing about this this fight scene we have here with Dragon Lee, where he's he's fighting this whole group of, of, of extras and and best boys and electricians and sound technicians and all these fuckers. The only thing that I like about this fight scene is that because there's so many of them, they take an opportunity to reference a Bruce Lee movie. There's this famous sequence that I believe uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, will admit that he ripped off uh, in Kill Bill. And it's again, it's the fight scene I just mentioned, the fight scene where Bruce Lee's in the karate school. And he's surrounded by the karate students, and he moves suddenly, and the karate students all back up. And it's this great moment where Bruce Lee is so powerful, he's intimidated this whole room. And they reference that to a much less effective degree in this movie, where Bruce Lee, one, is standing in the the extras and, and all the other actors circle around him. Uh, when the other actors have, have surrounded him and are getting ready to beat him up, and he makes a movement and they back up. So I appreciated that one bitty reference yeah. to Bruce Lee. Not enough <laughs> to make up for the the previous scene no. about killing him on set. But, you know, whatever. It was a nice moment. At this point in the version that we watched, there's another long period of absolute silence, mm. which I'm assuming was not in the other version. Uh, and uh, there is some dialogue missing, so if there's anything that was rife for humor, we're just not making yeah. jokes about it. But the point is, he runs onto a ship, and there's a very another very boring fight scene on the ship where he karate chops Chilo to death, and he happens so quickly 
you almost don't even notice that he wasn't just another extra that he was fighting. At this point, I was no longer paying attention. You were talking about a ship earlier. You're talking about a ship now. I don't remember this you ship. You don't remember the ship? Oh, man. I was completely checked out by this point. The only thing interesting about the scene is that he swims out to the ship and climbs up the anchor to okay. get onto the ship. But you don't actually see him climbing up the anchor. They just say, oh, he's here now. And then it cuts back and he's on the ship and he's fighting people. Do they do a visual reference to uh, Coppola's Apocalypse Now when uh, Martin Sheen <laughs> rises out of the swamp? <laughs> No, they didn't. They do not oh, do a okay. reference to that. Unfortunately, I will say, uh, ironically, and this is not something I say a lot about fight scenes from this uh, TV show or movie, but Batman the movie starring Adam West and Burt Ward has a fight scene on a ship at the end yeah. that is way better than the fight scene in this well, movie. Yeah, because they're the carrot top of fighters. Wait, carrot top? They're all about props. Oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, they they use a lot of props in that fight scene. It's on the Penguins, Penguin-themed uh, nuclear submarine. Oh. Yes. Uh, but yes, so one chops Chai to death in the neck, and the minute he falls out of frame, again, no build-up or anything. They just cut to Bruce Lee's two and three, sitting on a couch mm -hmm. with Karaoke Man, Karaoke yep. Doctor. And he, they're sitting there, they're wearing the sunglasses, which... People wear when they want to look like Bruce Lee. Again, see Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Where Bruce Lee's wearing sunglasses the entire time. Uh, it's a shame they couldn't fit a Tom Cruise impersonator in there. Because... <laughs> just have the full sunglasses run. Just, and Jack Nicholson. And, and Jack just... Nicholson. <laughs> oh my god, we need to do Sunglasses Squad. Sunglasses Sunglasses Hut. Sunglass Hut. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lee, Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. We'll come up with some other people. The character Shades from Luke Cage. <laughs> Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Oh my god. Uh, I guess it could just be blind people, really. <laughs> but it's specifically Ray Charles from the Blues Brothers where he's got the gun. <laughs> yeah. And he's just shooting at, shooting at little kids all the time. Two and three get their assignment. They have to go after the evil Dr. Nye. Yes. Uh, the science guy. I had to say it. Uh, I didn't have to. And in no. fact, I feel kind of bad now that I have. Oh, well. It's the obvious thing to do. It is the obvious thing to do. Spelled N-G-A-I. N-G-A-I, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw that on the Wikipedia page. Okay. I In my notes, I just spelled it like Bill Nye. That's fine. Uh, but yes, so he's a... Nobody not... knows what's in your notes unless you tell them. That's true. Maybe I'll cut that out. Or maybe I'll leave all of this in. <laughs> well, if you do, I'll take it out. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, anyway, Dr. Nye is not only a mad scientist, but he is also a dirty, dirty drug smuggler, mm -hmm. which is probably worse, according to this movie, anyway. Smuggler? That gives me the smuggler's blues! <laughs> they meet up with a contact who we've made reference to already many times, Chuck Lee. Chuck Lee. Who is just another Bruce Lee impersonator. Now, he should have been the Chuck Berry Bruce Lee, <laughs> where he's always duck walking everywhere and uh, filming women peeing. <laughs> Way down in Louisiana, down in New, New Orleans. Orleans. But yeah, uh, so he, and that's all you're getting. Way down in mainland China. <laughs> Way down in mainland China, where here comes the big boss. Among the rice paddies. Uh, so they meet up with Chuck. Well, Bruce Lee... Three meets up with Chuck. Bruce mm. Lee, too, has apparently already arrived. They had to take separate flights because <laughs> Bruce Lee's have a lot of ego. Yeah. And Bruce Lee, too, has already set himself up in a hotel. Bruce Lee, three, arrives. 
and he meets up with Chuck Lee, and they're like, do we know where the scientist is? And he's like, ah, we'll find out eventually. Want to go on a vacation? And Vaca- Bruce... Vacation, all I ever wanted. Vacation had to get away. And Bruce Lee 3 says, yeah, I want to see some sights. I want to go swimming. Yeah. And so they just go on a montage looking at Thailand. They're in Thailand. That's where the mission is. They're in Thailand. You have to pad out the movie somehow. Somehow. I mean, you can't just have, like, character development or plot. But they they just go around. He's like, this is one of our most famous markets, and it looks like crap. And it's they're just driving around in their little boat. And this is where a very infamous sequence takes place uh, that was not in the version that we saw. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you about it. Brad, sure, because I know it's relevant to your interests. I, yeah, no. It, when I when you told me that there was a version of this with, I assume nudity. Oh yeah, I was not happy with you. I did not me. realize that the version I sent you did not have this scene. And by the time it was over, by the time I had finished watching and taking my notes, it was too late to send you. Got no, the, I understand what version. happened. Yeah, I'm just saying it for them. Uh, but uh, so what? happens in this so we abruptly cut once again abruptly cut them looking around the market to a beach with a bunch of completely nude women just running around just uh and at a certain point they they run out of the surf and they just start dancing with very disinterested faces just bouncing just bouncing across the beach. Uh, they start rubbing lotion all over themselves. Of course. Yeah, yeah. All normal woman activities. All normal woman activities and saying things like, now all we need is a man, huh, oh, girls? Man. And uh, at this point, Bruce and Chuck show up in uh, the tiniest Speedos you've ever seen. Uh, and they they point at the women and, and Bruce is like, oh, man. And, uh, or, Ooh, look at them. And Chuck says... Oh, you wouldn't want <laughs> you wouldn't want to go uh, see them. They'd eat you alive. And mother told me, yes, she told me, I'd meet girls like you. <laughs> Ten of you on a beach. Uh, at the same point that he says that, some weird creepo jumps out of the brush and is like, "Ooh, there's ladies!" and starts rubbing his hands together comically, and they're like. Oh, there's a man over there, girls. Wait, pretend you don't notice him. Maybe he'll get closer. And yes, he does. He's like, ooh, I'm going to get closer. And he sneaks up to them. And then they all bum rush him. And he's and he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry, and tries to run away. But they pounce on him and rape the shit out of him this, on the sand. This is clearly a modern adaptation of the Bacchanae. Oh, what's the Bacchanae? I believe I'm. That's the correct title. It's um, a Greek play where the consorts of Bacchus tear a man apart. Oh, okay. And then yes, that's exactly what's implied is happening. And Bruce uh, has been talking with Chuck about something else. He looks back to the naked women doing this, and he's like, "Do those women need help?" And Chuck says, "No." <laughs> The, the guy might need help, but the girls do not need help. I'm sorry, it's the Bacchae. The Bacchae, okay. And it's by Euripides. By Euripides, of course. The uh, frogman from the series Galador, Defenders of the Outer Dimension. Okay, right. sure. Yeah, uh, popular poet. But anyway, uh, we then cut back to, from there, there's a little bit more, there's another scene that was cut out, which is another nude, nude scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to the hotel where Bruce, 
Bruce Lee 2 is. And Bruce Lee 2 comes out of the shower, also apparently nude, although we never see anything except from the waist up on him. And he sees a naked woman lying in his bed. Uh, and he says, what are you doing here? <laughs> and she says, I was sent here by a friend to pleasure you. And he says, who sent you? I swore I would never tell, sir, and makes prayer hands. The better question is, you're a clone who's been alive for 15 hours. You don't have friends. <laughs> exactly. So he's, he just tells her, just get out of here. And uh, he walks out and she gets up. Turns out she was hiding a knife in her butt. Oh, no. Uh, and she's, ah, and tries to stab him with this knife. He catches the knife and says, one of Dr. Nye's women. How he knew Dr. Nye had women, I don't know. And then he karate chops her in the throat, and she is dead immediately. Well, live by the sword, die by the sword. I guess you'd live, live by the knife, die by the chop. And then suddenly, the camera whips around, and Chuck and Bruce are in the room. And Chuck says, you were lucky. <laughs> now, a better line there would be... A better line there would be, you passed the test. You, you know how to kill women with the best of them. Uh, and that's the, you didn't fuck and you killed a woman. <laughs> You're finally welcome at the r slash incel reddit. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all of the scene that you missed. Okay. And I'm, I'm sorry that you missed the lotions and yeah, the movies. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen some nudity. Yeah. Um, yeah. If only there were any other outlet to find such a thing. <laughs> right. This is the only movie you could ever yeah. see that in. Again, Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> but anyway. Nudity in just about every film. In uh, just about every film. In the fourth one, it's a plot point. It's a character trait. It's a character trait, which is the best way. Which is actually, if you're thinking about it, and imagining it horrifically, it's actually done as well as you possibly could. As well as you, it's the best nudity in <laughs> possibly any movie. It's it's thematically resonant. It's <laughs> plot resonant. It's oh my god, style resonant. Oh my god. Yeah. Right, my I've... next note is about the bronze people. So let's <laughs> okay. Let's 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 keep rolling. So the the three the three Lees uh, all convene. Uh, and they decide, okay, we figured out where Mr. Dr. Nye is. Let's go Let's go get him. Dr. Nye, as it turns out, doesn't actually do any of his own science. He has two assistant scientists who do all of his work for him. Oh, so he's Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He bought the, the title scientist <laughs> from the previous owners. But he, he tells them, we need to conquer the world. So the way that we're going to do this is we're going to make Weed Killer... And we're going to make men made of bronze. Yes. He doesn't expound upon that for another scene. But he just says, we're going to make bronze men. Oh, won't they be surprised? <laughs> and we are. And we are surprised. Uh, so Now, here's the one point. The bronze men are the one place yeah. that this movie beats out Lone Wolf and Cub. Because... <laughs> Oh, because, because of the, the supernatural warriors right. in the fifth film, yes, are well, they're lame. They are lame. Yeah, but are they as lame as the bronze men? Because the, the bronze men are just dudes. The, <laughs> the bronze men are some of the dumbest supermen. They're the fucking putty patrol. Oh my god, they are. They they're literally 
they're literally the putty patrol if they didn't have a weak point. If, yeah. if the putties just kept getting back up. If their weak point was just getting the shit beat out of them. Right. But they just keep getting up. That's that's a thing. But yeah, so uh, before we get to that, um, Dr. Nye's... So the Bruce Lee's arrive at, the, at Dr. Nye's laboratory... Mm-hmm. They start kicking the shit out of everybody, and one of the 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 person people who's had the shit kicked out of him already and doesn't want anymore comes inside and tells Doctor Nye there are a bunch of guys outside and two of them fight like Bruce Lee, <laughs> <laughs> and Doctor Nye immediately says, "Must be the British Secret Service." <laughs> so wait a second, does this mean they've done this before? Have they cloned other celebrities and sent them on secret missions? Are there like a ton of David Nivens running around <laughs> just being smarmy at people? I, I assume so. I assume that um, this is how Alec Guinness played all those roles in uh, <laughs> Kind Hearts and Coronets. Sure. Is cloning. <laughs> but of course... They had to train all the other Alec Guinnesses to yeah. act. Uh, can you do extremely dry comedy? <laughs> I can try. Can so you hate on children who ask <laughs> you for your autograph because of Star Wars? You must promise to never watch Star Wars again. Oh my god. Fuck you, Alec Guinness. Uh, so the the gang breaks into the lab, but Dr. Nye has escaped. Only the two lab assistants are there. So one of the Bruce Lees... I. I, it I, doesn't matter. All Bruce Lee's one. look alike to me. Uh, they he starts torturing one of the poor assistants with a vial of acid. Yeah, <laughs> he goes full Jack Bauer on him. He starts pouring his like talk you animal and pours the acid. Uh, the acid doesn't seem to have any effect, but the actor's desperately trying to convince you it does. Uh, so then there's some brief false tension where. The two Bruce Lees are like, do you think Chuck will ever find out where Dr. Nye escaped to? And then Chuck comes into the scene and says, I found where Dr. Nye escaped to. <laughs> Brilliant writing. Oh, absolutely. Held attention for all of a second. That is uh, a Rudy Ray Moore <laughs> level of the weakest obstacle being placed in front of a character and then it immediately being overturned. Right. So we find out that the new base that Dr. Nye escaped to is the base with the bronze men, mm-hmm. where he is injecting a bunch of people with this formula that turns their skin bronze, and apparently that makes them entirely invulnerable, despite the fact that bronze is not actually one of the stronger metals, from no. what I understand. Bronze? That reminds me of a song. I've been searching for a heart of gold. <laughs> That's not even the right metal. <laughs> it's a similar color. <laughs> okay. Uh... Listen, I paid for this karaoke machine. It takes up half the room. I'm going to use it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, he has... Dr. Nye tests the bronze men out before the Bruce Lees and Chuck Lee arrive by having his men just hit him a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. With a very flimsy uh, bamboo sticks. <laughs> very obvious props. Yeah. Yeah, just has them whack him a bunch. Uh, I although I did kind of wonder like, are these props rubber? Are they what are they? Because they bash him in the head a few times. They do. They actually do bash him in the head. And a uh, credit to these um, shitty dudes, <laughs> they don't flinch when they're hit. No. I kept 
expecting like I kept expecting even um some uh, like an eye twitch flab or jiggle right because they're not the most uh, svelte of men athletic men again yeah. they're just dudes they're just dudes they're just dudes they pulled off the street right but no like they actually kudos to them for not flinching <laughs> uh so uh the he then says let's test how they fight. And uh, we don't get to see his reaction to how they fight, but I can only imagine disappointments. Yes. Because they suck. <laughs> they are bad. Not everybody can be karaoke scientist and be at the top of their field. <laughs> it honestly it honestly looks like they gave them like two minutes worth of, of self-defense training yeah. right before they tur- they said action. But okay, so the gang arrives. They fight their way through the normal army of bozos until they encounter the bronze men. And, like we said, the bronze men can't fight for shit. No. But they just keep knocking them down, and the bronze men just keep getting up. They just keep getting up, and they just keep fighting. I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> You're never gonna keep me down. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the gang arrives. Uh, like I said, they're fighting the bronze men. The bronze men keep getting knocked down, but they just keep getting back up. Uh, and I kind of like this, that the martial artists are... are Fighting a technically inferior force that they just can't beat. I like that aspect of it. I like that concept. Also, it was just something fucking different. Exactly. That is also the case. It is finally something fucking different in this fucking horribly boring movie. Uh, and it's, it's it felt like like a like a character that Stan Lee would have come up with. Like it like yeah. you, like oh no, the thing just keeps punching this guy, and he's not that strong but like he just can't beat him but anyway so the gang uh decides well this isn't working and runs away Mm. like the heroes they are and we see a woman and her children having a nice picnic a nice picnic where she's 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 preparing her soup she's preparing her right next to a pile of poisonous plants poisonous grass that her children (laughs) ask if they could eat and she says no it's it's poison it's deadly poison we're using it for uh, fertilizer in our garden, which is not what fertilizer is. I can only imagine that someone didn't know the word compost. Compost. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say compost. I don't think they do. Okay. <laughs> I've never fucking heard that. <laughs> okay. They, so they have this poison grass. Suddenly, the, the camera just like zooms out and... It's one, like the end of Blazing Saddles, right? And one of the Bruce Lees and and uh, the, the one of the Bronze Men are just already there. Mm-hmm. They're fighting, and the Bronze Man gets knocked down face first onto the poison grass. Now here's the thing. Yes, is as soon as this obvious screw was set up, I was like, "Oh, poison! The Bronze Men are going to eat it." Right. I know 100 percent certain that that is going to happen. Yes. And I know the way it happens is going to be stupid. Right, because why would they eat it? But I did not expect it to be this stupid. <laughs> this is probably the stupidest way. Uh, aside from like an Animaniacs or Looney Tunes thing where they're like, yeah, we made you a dish of, of greens, and then they eat it. But like... But here's the stupidest thing. Is <laughs> like, okay, it gets in his mouth. Because he falls with his mouth open, as we all as do. As we all do. We start to trip. Open our mouth as wide as we can. Oh, no! But then he gets a taste of it and starts shoving it in his like, mouth. Like, no, he actually gets his hands involved. Like, yeah. he just he just starts he eating is willfully the shit eating out of this it. poison. 
My oh my only gosh. guess is that the existence of being a bronze man, even for 20 minutes, is so <laughs> painful and miserable that it's, he was like, oh yeah, this is that poison grass. This is the only way out now. This, You know what? He doesn't I, have an adamantium bullet like Wolverine and Logan. <laughs> he doesn't have a bronze bullet. Uh, I, I kind of buy that. Because there's a moment right before that where the, the mom and her kids are like, oh no, what a horrible monster! And he looks at them and he looks so sad. And I'm sure it's just because the actor was miserable. I'm sure, in all but that bronze paint. May, there's like there's like a deep pathos to the bronze men yeah. in this movie. <laughs> there's a deep ennui. My, or Bruce Wee, as we called it. But so the, uh, the fight ends up with them... Basically tossing the poison grass to the bronze men and them just shoving it into their mouth. They they, they they just take, they all get handfuls of this grass from nowhere. We don't see them pick it up. But they just press it against each of the bronze men's face. And the bronze men take it with their hands and just start chowing down. And even after seeing their compatriots die from eating it, they all do it. Oh my god, it's a way out. <laughs> they like, literally, they are all... It's like if kamikaze soldiers were just like, I don't care if I blow up the target, I just want to die. <laughs> if I if I have to die on the way there and just leave my bombs for somebody else to find, I will do that. This happens so many times, because there are so many bronzemen, but it never stops being funny. It is just so fucking insane to watch this happen and once again just like the previous scene they fight their way through the bronze men they get to dr nye they punch him a bunch they karate chop him he's dead and we immediately cut back to the british secret service and we immediately cut back to agent colin telling karaoke scientists that he's done an amazing job He's achieved something science never thought possible. He's a fantastic scientist. Three Bruce Lees in one movie. Three Bruce Lees in one movie. They said You'll it couldn't be done. You'll win the Nobel Prize for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have just about as much chance as Donald Trump. But anyway, uh, he he <laughs> he gives the professor congratulations. And the prof again, hard cut, professor's back in his karaoke lab, and he's like, how dare he congratulate me? I'm a fucking amazing. He should have sucked me off, or something. I don't know what he's mad about. Uh, I assume he wanted a cash reward, like a cash bonus. <laughs> he, he, he didn't even pay me for his, like, excuse me, we only pay by the actor. If you wanted to get paid more, you should have cloned some other, some other martial arts stars. So he's like, he's so pissed off, he decides that he's going to use the clones for himself. But, counterintuitively, <laughs> you have three Bruce Lees, but he's decided that he only wants the best. So he's decided to have the three Bruce Lees fight each other mm -hmm. uh, to the death. And uh, as he repeatedly says, repeatedly says, to remember, the death. this is to the death. This is to the death. Or as you might say, this is the end, my <laughs> dearest friend. The end. This is the end. Uh, so he he wants them all to fight to the death, and only the strongest Bruce Lee can stand at his side. Only there only only two Sith. <laughs> Brad, it's the rule of twos as established oh, yeah. by Darth Bane. Oh yeah, that uh, completely sensical rule. <laughs> that rule that makes so much sense. Always two there are. No more, yes. no less. So yeah, so one and three start fighting. And this is the worst fucking fight in the movie. It is! It's absolutely 
and, garbage. And this is one of the things that sells a lot of people on this movie is that if you are a fan of Bruce Bloitation movies, and every movie is somebody's favorite, mm-hmm. uh, every genre is somebody's favorite, uh, it's a chance to see your favorite Bruce Lee ripoff stars yeah. fighting each other, and it's awful. It's it's not it's not just bad; it's fucking annoying. Yeah, because probably seventy five percent of the fight are the Bruce Lee poses and whooping. Oh my god! With very uh, swish crack sound effects with each like this is wrist where the, this is where the whoever was in charge of the sound effects just gave up. And like, was this fight spo- supposed to be bad? Like it almost feels tongue in cheek. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think this this film is capable of tongue in cheek. Because it's so stupid and it's so much just them going, Whoa, wah, whoa, wah. Yeah, no, that's exactly and like and posing. Like, and like their movements are slower than they are in other scenes. Like again, Dragon Lee is actually pretty good. Yeah. But like he's slower, they're slower. It's uh, almost like the director said, Oh, you guys think you're so great for impersonating Bruce Lee? <laughs> This is all you fucks do is wah, wah, wah. right, right, yeah, and no, and of course none of them ever get the upper hand on any of them. There's like right. one moment where it looks like Bruce Lee one might kill Bruce Lee three, mm. and then Bruce Lee two comes cuts in and, and stops it, and, and then you the, never get to see all three of them fighting at once. No. They're always just one on one. But then the ladies come in. And the ladies, like... the ladies decide, and this is the first time that Karen got named. Now we both, now that both of them have names, Nancy and Karen, they decide they're not good with this plan. They're going to cut the magnetator, <laughs> <laughs> which is apparently just the sciency name for a bullhorn. Yeah. Yeah. It's just their megaphone, but apparently that's the magnetator. That's how that's what makes it a magic thing that they have to obey. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it's hooked up to his karaoke machine and it's the magnetator. Uh but yeah, they cut the wires and the Bruce Lees keep fighting. Yes. They just keep fighting until Nancy and Karen get over there and say, "Wait, you don't have to fight anymore." And they don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't believe them. Say, no, no. We were told at least five times that we had to fight to the death. To the death. Remember, <laughs> it's to the death. It's to the death. Uh, so, uh, but the nurses say, and so Nancy's like, oh, you won't believe me? What about Karen? And Karen says, you don't have to fight to the death. It's like, okay, we know Nancy would lie to us. <laughs> Nancy's a big fibber. It's a big fat fibber, McGee. But <laughs> Nancy's always telling us we don't have to fight to the death. <laughs> But Karen, Karen, girl who cried wolf much, Nancy. <laughs> but Karen knows what's up. Karen gives it to us straight. Uh, so uh, they decide to call Mr. Colin and get the doctor arrested. And then just like the shooting him in front of the camera plan, the plan immediately falls apart because mm-hmm. they just go back and start fighting everybody. Yeah. They start fighting their their, their a bunch, trainers, a bunch of random bozos who show up. Then they start fighting their trainers. Bolo comes back. Bolo comes back. This is my final note. Yeah, Bolo's back. I care again. Yeah, no, Bolo's seen. Where's the beef? There he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna say that every time I see Bolo now. I mean, it's <laughs> there is no more appropriate man. There is he is the beefiest of men. I his ending fight scene is the best. Because he is the only person, I cannot stress this enough, who acts yeah. in the final act of this film. He he is playing it up so well when when 
the he when he is uh choreographed to start losing the fight to Bruce Lee one, he he gets this look of absolute terror on his face where he's like, Oh shit, this is not how I trained you. You're you you've surpassed me. Like like he is giving a hundred and ten percent to this horrible piece of shit of a movie. And in the end, they, there isn't even a killing blow. He just punches him one last time and the director said, I'm tired. That's it. And he sells his death better than any death in the movie where he just falls to the ground. He's like, ah, 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 ah. and it's perfect. It doesn't make any sense, but my God, he is giving, I have the hiccups now. Uh-oh. I'm so excited. So let's wrap this up quick. Let's wrap. That's okay. The movie wraps up fast. Yeah. The scientists, Bruce Lee, I think three, um, yeah, Bruce Lee three runs into the office, uh, to take on the doctor and he's with Nancy and he gets killed by a death ray. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) A death ray, which, uh, previously attacked one of the Bruce's. Did it? Yes. Oh. One, uh, One of the Bruce's gets hit with it first and is mildly burned. Oh, okay. And then uh, he's the one who uh, gets sort of, I don't know if he turns the death ray on, but he's the one who shows up to end the doctor. Okay, yeah. But then, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Lee 2, I believe it is, arrives and uh, Nancy says, oh yeah, there's a death ray here. You should, he should, I probably should have told him about that one. Yeah. And he's like, well, isn't the lab just on the other side of this wall? She says, yes. And in another one, a, a admittedly kind of cool moment, he kicks his way through the wall. Yeah. But it just so happens that karaoke scientist has a secret martial artist, mutton chop man, who's been hiding behind his oh, yeah. wall this whole time. And he just suddenly pops out and is suddenly the best fighter in the movie. Because mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, too, has the hardest time defeating this guy of anybody. This reminds me of a song, Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting. <laughs> I'm surprised it took us that long to get there. <laughs> uh, but yes, he defeats Mutton Chop Man, kills Mutton Chop Man. We cut to karaoke scientist who is very slowly trying to get away. <laughs> he is immediately surrounded by a Well, he's of- trying to pull his karaoke machine with him. <laughs> That's right. And that weighs a good 85 pounds. <laughs> I can't live without my karaoke. What will I do at parties? Uh, and uh, <laughs> And the cat's in the cradle with the silver spoon. Little boy blue in the man the moon. <laughs> the cops show up with Mr. Colin and the other nurse, Karen. They arrest him. They take him away. The film cuts to a the end credit and then stops. You don't need to know who was involved in this movie. You don't care. Well, it had uh, beginning credits. It did have it? beginning credits. But at this point, at the beginning of the film, you may have cared a little bit. Yeah. At this point in the film, you don't care. No. <laughs> you don't. You just want to drink and forget. And that's the clones of Bruce Lee. That is the clones a of Bruce Lee. A decidedly mixed bag. <laughs> to say the fucking least. Next week is going to be our Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. We are going to discuss two holiday episodes of TV series. Yes. I will be presenting uh, Tales from the Dark Side Seasons of Belief. And I will be presenting a uh, much-forgotten Christmas episode of the classic show Bewitched, Sisters at Heart. Yes. Uh, which, let's not, you... let's not talk about it. Let's not spoil it. Tune in to hear about these two fucking insane Christmas episodes. Fucking insane. If you think we've talked about some weird shit before, shit's about to get uncomfortable. Shit's about, oh yeah. <laughs> We're going to some dark, upsetting places. <laughs> 
Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys.